Hi, this is Justin Norman, pastor of Knobs Baptist Church. We'd like to welcome you to the Knobs Baptist Church broadcast. We thank you for joining us and we hope that you'll stay tuned for just a few moments as we have a special song and a message from God's Word.
in this study. And I'm going to try not to be tonight. I know it's dark. I know you're tired. But we'll do our best getting through the scripture tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 as we continue our study here in 1 Corinthians. Very unique pastor scripture. I love this book. I love this study uh, that we're going to be taking for the next several weeks or months, I'd say, and uh, getting into Corinthians. But we've seen so far in the first couple chapters uh, in this introduction of Paul's as he is writing by the divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit under the churches there in Corinth, the body of Christ there in Corinth, these born-again believers. And he pointed out their great contention and division which they had within the church. Now this uh, discussion of this division continues. Uh, this division or this carnality which they had, which caused them uh, to fall and to stumble and to err, uh, we see that Paul continues in his reasoning with them in chapter number 3. And he uh, lays out some results of this carnality. And certainly, uh, if we walk carnal, we ourselves, as this body of Christ, uh, this congregation, if you will, uh, and even individually, if we walk in such carnality, you can be sure that these results will follow. Uh, we see some results here in chapter number 3 that are not pleasing. Uh, not pleasing for you, it's not pleasing for me, it's not pleasing for Christ either. But uh, certainly it points out some of these results uh, due to this carnality and the contention and the division that was in the church. We notice first of all, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. First result of this carnality we see in this pastor scripture is spiritual immaturity. Notice how Paul said that even as unto babes in Christ. This is a spiritual immaturity. Not necessarily a, uh, a physical immaturity, but a spiritual. Because it's regardless of age. It, it don't matter if this babe in Christ is a teenager or whether you're 70 or 80 years old. Certainly, regardless of our physical age, our spiritual age can say things that are much different. Paul said, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk, and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Certainly a great result of this carnality which Paul has stated, a great result of it is a spiritual immaturity. And we see that this spiritual immaturity is an inability to receive spiritual instruction. Paul said, I cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. We can see those that are carnal in their ways, though they are Christians, in their carnality, they're not able to receive things that are spiritual. To perceive, receive, understand, or take in, to soak up or to learn from spiritual things. Paul's preaching and teaching was hindered in this letter 
because of their level of immaturity as babes in Christ, regardless of their physical age. Does that sound familiar? Boy, I've seen a lot of grown-ups be immature. And I mean spiritually immature. It's amazing how much spiritual immaturity one would see within the body of Christ. We see it throughout the church today, don't we? We see it in many forms. We even see it in our own lives, this spiritual immaturity. When our own carnality and formalities, if you will, uh, seem to hinder our spiritual life, causes us to be immature. I know there's been many times in my walk of life, and my Christian walk, uh, if you will, that carnality, the carnal things of life, this old flesh, has gotten in the way. And it's hindered in my spiritual walk. I could give you example after example tonight. But uh, I know that you probably wouldn't give your examples. And I'll be honest with you, I don't want to give a lot of mine. They're personal. They're shameful. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Boy, when we let this flesh get in the way, it hinders our spiritual walk. It hinders us from receiving spiritual instruction as well. You know, it is a carnal thing for one to get away from the Word of God. Somebody say amen. Ain't that right? Boy, we allow this flesh to do what it wills. But my friend, and throughout our days when we ought to have our nose in this good book, we've got it in everything else under the sun, don't we? That's carnality. Boy, when the Spirit of God wants to speak to our hearts and stir us, I love listening to good preaching. I do. I love some good gospel music. I like the good old stuff. I don't really care too much for the newer stuff. Not throwing off on it. It's just not me. I like the good old music. I like some good old time preaching as well. But there is a time appointed in my days that I need to be in this book. I can't always get it from the preacher on the radio. God wants His personal time with me in His Word. This is a spiritually discerned book. You can mark it down with proper intentions when you open the Word of God and you look in it. In this wonderful field of Scriptures, the Holy Spirit will meet with you in a special way and give you what you need. Yet carnal things will get in the way and keep you from receiving such spiritual instruction. Carnality hinders in a lot of ways. And the results of this carnality is immaturity. We see not only that this immaturity is an inability to receive spiritual instruction, but it's also an inability to walk appropriately in the Spirit. For Paul said in verse 3, For ye are carnal... Ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Boy, when these things happen in our lives, you can mark it down. It's a sign of carnality. The carnal things coming through in our walk of life. Throughout our days, no doubt we can attest to times when carnality has affected things spiritually. 
not only in receiving such instruction, but also having this inability to walk appropriately in the Spirit. Boy, I tell you what, it is the flesh which you and I live in and we deal with on a daily basis that affects our spiritual walk. I war with this flesh on a daily basis. And for me to stand up here and say that I'm not carnal, I'd be crazy not to. But I don't want to walk after this flesh. I want to walk after the Spirit. Let the Spirit of God lead me in this walk of life. Paul gives us a great result of immaturity due to this carnality. Boy, we see it not only individually. I know you can attest to it, but we see it within the church as a whole. The congregation, this body of believers or any body of believers or all of them collectively. We see this carnality collectively in the body of Christ. I tell you what, I've seen some churches no doubt you have as well, that due to carnalities and formalities, they weren't too concerned about their spiritualities. They let these crazy things of life dictate the spirit and its movement. My friend, it's shameful. We'll see here in a moment. Matter of fact, not only is it shameful, but it's dangerous ground to be on. How many times have we heard, well, this is the way mom and daddy done it. Grandma and grandpa done it this way. No doubt this group of people wants to follow the way it was done back then. This group of people want to do it their way. This group of people want to do it their way. And in a sense, we see such the same divisions and cliques and contentions within the body of Christ even today. Whether it be at Knobs Baptist Church whether it be at Austin, whether it be at Roaring Gap, throughout this community, no doubt there's churches everywhere that suffer from this same carnality. And it's a shame. It hinders the work of God in the body of Christ. When we walk in such carnal things, He said, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, and strife and divisions are Ye not carnal and walk as men. Boy, what a warning and what a charge for the church tonight. For us to see this great result of carnality. My friend, it's not good. But it leads to great immaturity, spiritual immaturity. Paul concludes in his reasoning here in verse 4. He said, For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? goes back to what I just said. Some people say, hey, we're going to do it this way. This way mom and daddy done it. This way grandma and grandpa done it. They're followers. Certainly there's followers even here in Corinth that Paul was writing to. Many would say, I am of Paul. And another, I am of Apollos. Are you not carnal? Well, I want to do it the way Paul does it. I believe we ought to follow Paul. Some would say, I want to follow Apollos. And I think that his ways are much better and higher than Paul's. See how crazy this stuff sounds? But yet, we allow it in the church today. We allow it to dictate spiritually what's happening. It quenches and hinders the Holy Spirit 
and his precious movement, not only in our lives individually, but collectively as a church. As Paul concluded in verse 5, he said, Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? He's putting a nail in the coffin in this argument or this reasoning of his. He said, But ministers, by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man, I have planted. Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God giveth the increase. Well, Paul said, you know, it's not up to Paul. It's not up to Apollos. It ain't up to me. It ain't up to you. The one that it's all about is Jesus. Amen. It ain't about you and I. It's about Him. I'm tired of these religious formalities and carnalities that we walk in. It's about high time that we start following Jesus. Hallelujah. This carnality leads to great immaturity, spiritual immaturity. In this walk of life, we also see secondly tonight in this pastor scripture, as Paul goes on to say, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Not only do we see that this spiritual immaturity is a result, awful result of this carnality, but also a loss of reward. A loss of reward is a great devastating result of carnality. Paul said let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. You and I collectively we all work together for the cause of Christ. There is only one master builder. There is only one foundation that has been laid and you and I will build upon this foundation. As Paul says, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He is the foundation, the great cornerstone. Yet we see Paul says, Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. You see, a man is to build upon this foundation. That is his life's work. That is his ministry, as Paul talked about in chapter 2 and chapter 1. Certainly this ministry, this calling in an individual's life, my friend, it's crazy to think, but certainly it is the truth, that even a child of God in such carnalities can suffer loss at judgment. Not lose their salvation, not spend eternity in hell, but to think that a Christian could suffer loss. Paul's clear. He said, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. You see, these results of carnal living is worthless works. Wood, hay, and stubble. 
Certainly these three things that Paul is pointing out, wood, hay, and stubble, are not com in comparison to the precious stones and the, the gold, and, my friend, that can be built upon this great foundation of Jesus Christ. Certainly these things are inferior. Certainly these works are worthless. My friend, I know of many churches that tried to stand for the right thing. Boy, they proclaim that they're standing in their faith. Yet I wonder, and I still question today, what is their fight of faith? You see, this great fight of faith with which the Apostle Paul stood and fought and give his life for was to reach this lost and dying world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my friend, if our works fall short of leading people to Christ, these works are worthless. We must preach and present this glorious gospel to those that need it most. Yet these works are as wood as hay and as stubble. And in that day shall be rewarded, shall be revealed by fire, and there shall and fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Certainly, the results of this carnality is some worthless works, but also we see that there could be a great loss at judgment. Paul said in verse 14, If any man's works abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. To know that I could stand before Christ at his judgment, this judgment seat of Christ upon the children of God, and that I could suffer such loss. No doubt I could be shameful of the life that I lived. The worthless works that I had done. And have nothing to lay down to glorify and exalt Him. One could suffer such loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Very interesting phrase. No doubt I believe that this judgment upon those that would suffer such great loss as this seems to be a dreadful judgment. I don't know about you, but I know when I stand before my darling Savior, I want to hug Him. I want to kiss Him. I want to worship Him. He's altogether lovely. When I stand before Him in judgment, Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ is Lord. My friend, even myself, I'll bow down to Him that's worthy. An unworthy one, certainly with a life full of worthless works. Worthless things. Because I've wasted so much time living a carnal life. My friend, hindering the Spirit of God to move and live and be and dwell and work in me. Boy, I hope it's not like that in you. We see that as a result of this carnality is 
spiritual immaturity and loss of rewards. But thirdly, we see tonight is defilement. Paul said in verse 16, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. I believe he wrote this. And certainly he wrote this speaking to them collectively as the church, but also speaking to them individually, one by one. He said, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God. This temple being a, a big gathering and assembly or a congregation and certainly this body of Christ, whether it be the individual, whether it be the whole congregation, the Spirit of God dwelleth in us collectively as a whole. But also, Brother Alan Taylor, when he goes home tonight, just because he left this assembly doesn't mean that the Spirit of God's not dwelling in him. I like what Feldman Cheek used to say. People say, boy, the Lord showed up. Feldman say, I know, I brought him with me. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. Where two or three are gathered, not just 15, 20, 30, 40. Ain't no magic number. Where two or three are gathered in his name, he said he'd be in the midst. We know He's with you, but when you add another one, my friend, He's still going to be there. That's what He said. We see that certainly this Spirit of God dwells in us as the body of Christ and even as an individual, as a Christian. But a result of this carnality in the individual's life, but in the church's life itself, is defilement. Paul said, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? That was a question. Do you not know that? Do you not know it or perceive it or understand it? This goes back to that milk. It goes back to the immaturity. Paul's asking them a simple question that you and I could answer. But maybe they had problems answering it. He said, Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. He meets with each and every one of you individually, but also with you all collectively. He dwelleth in you. Verse 17 says, If any man defile the temple of God collectively, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are collectively. It's a dangerous thing for you yourself to defile yourself, your temple, your body. It's even more of a dangerous thing for you to defile the temple, the body of Christ, collectively. Mm. Certainly he spoke to them as individuals, but to, it, it speaks volumes to me. When we see how he spoke to them as the body of Christ, collectively as the church, you see the sincerity in his writing. You see the seriousness in the message, no doubt. For those that would cause such contention or division 
in the church, in this temple, in this body of Christ. He said, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. I wish I could tell you that that's translated some other way, but it ain't my King James Bible. It's serious business for one to either defile themselves with such carnality or defile the body of Christ. You know, this body of Christ, this bride of Christ, it is the apple of His eye. Christ Himself loved us so much, we are the ones which He came to die for. He gave Himself on that old rugged cross some 2,000 years ago for you and I to be at such a place as this, assembled in great unity through the Spirit of God, and for one to cause great division and contention and destruction amongst the body of believers. Paul said, Him shall God destroy. You touch that woman right there, you got something coming for you. Now how do you think Jesus Christ feels when people run His bride down? It's serious business. I know men, you would say likewise the same thing about your wife. You love her wholeheartedly. And you don't want nobody to touch her. Talk bad about her. Run her down. Despise her or shame her. My friend, it's serious business. Those of the church living in such carnality, such sin and wickedness, would cause division and conflict and contention within the body of Christ. I believe it's pretty serious business. As Paul said, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Paul's final plea in this chapter concerning this carnality, this contention and division that was within the body. He said, If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. His final plea was to show those in Corinth that worldly wisdom, man's wisdom, was pathetic. As he showed back in chapter 1 and 2, it's pathetic in comparison to the light of the gospel of Christ. But it's pathetic in comparison to God's wisdom. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come 
all are yours. We are all seen, certainly in God's eyes, and regarded the same. My friend, we shouldn't have one lifted up any higher than the other. We shouldn't be causing such contention or division amongst the body of Christ. For we all are our own. And we're all His. As Paul said, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. And you're Christ. Christ is God's. If we've got a problem with one another, we must realize we have a problem with Christ. If we've got a problem with someone else, whether it be in the congregation, whether it be with a brother and sister in Christ down the road, whether it be with a co-worker or a friend or a family member, if we have a problem with a brother in Christ, we have a problem with Christ. For all He is, how can we not look at our brothers with such love and compassion as Christ has looked upon us with? Ultimately, we're all Christ. He regards us all the same regardless of man's recognition, man's regard. Regardless of what man thinks of us, we're all Christ. My friend, it's serious business to cause such contention or division to live in such carnality as an individual, as a Christian, but as a church. To let these things rule in the church is awful. Paul was very clear in discussing these things. He'll continue in chapter 4, I encourage you to continue studying. Look ahead. Read the rest of the book. I know you got all week before we meet next Wednesday. We'll have got revival next Wednesday. but You'll have plenty of time to read throughout the rest of the book. And see some of these real life problems. Which we experience in church today. Church is all over experience. It's nothing new. For even this problem church in Corinth, they experienced the same things. May we learn from it, glean from it. 